feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome to Wisconsin. It's snowing out there in a lot of areas, and uh, it's on the grass. We've got it covered here. And uh, over to the west, Pierce, St. Croix County, some of the heavier snows are falling, but uh, I think everybody's going to see a little bit of snow anyway this morning. Snow early and windy, that's the focus of the forecast. So again, trick-or-treating might be a little bit cool this evening. So, uh, I don't know, dress them up as bears or something (laughs) so that the little ones don't get too cold out there because last year was 50, 60 degrees for trick-or-treating. This week, this year, it's going to be in the 30s and maybe upper 20s by the time we get done. So, again, happy Halloween. I hope everybody is still planning to go out and enjoy the evening. We'll talk about the crops, the crop progress, uh, the report out as far as how far along we are with the harvest and uh, slowing down a little bit with a little snow on the pumpkin. And uh, really and truly, that's what we have. We always say snow on the pumpkin, but uh, this year we do have snow on the pumpkins around the company, around the country. We'll talk about the FFA convention. Jill is down in Indianapolis with FFA members from Wisconsin and all over the country. We'll get a little update from her as uh, she's uh, got a report with Jill Zimmerman, who is the state leader of the FFA, of what's going to be going on down there. And uh, the convention actually starts tomorrow. But uh, the uh, emphasis this year for the FFA nationally and, of course, catching up with some of our state finalists and uh, competitors, a lot as always from Wisconsin and a lot as always from our area. So uh, good luck to all our FFA members. We want to thank our sponsors of our FFA reports from the National Convention, Compere Financial, providing lending and risk management tools to agriculture and rural communities, And as always, proud supporters of FFA, one of those folks with us every Saturday morning to sponsor our FFA on the air. Also, the Citizen State Bank of Law. You just heard Darla Sikora, one of the uh, ag loan officers at the Citizen State Bank of Law, your full-service, locally-owned community bank specializing in financing Wisconsin agriculture. Visit or call one of their locations. Now, they're all over the area. They're in Loyal, Granton, Nielsville, Spencer, and Marshfield. Citizen State Bank of Loyal. Again, proud supporters of the FFA, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. And also another great financial organization in our area, Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Focused on ag, focused on you. We thank all of our sponsors for our FFA reports this week with Jill down at the National Convention. And, of course, that's going on in Indianapolis a Tuesday morning. And I think if uh, Jerry Clark can fight his way through the snow from out in Tilden, he should be here as well, giving us an update. And, of course, it is Halloween. Some major agricultural companies are in the news. We uh, haven't heard from Bayer Ag. Well, they're in the news this morning. Syngenta, we've heard about them from Arkansas, telling them to sell their land there because they're a Chinese-owned company. We'll talk about uh, that and their reaction. And uh, also another story about Syngenta, the big bad wolf. Well, not really so well. They're big, but uh, how bad are they? They're rated awful good by a lot of people. As we said, the FFA convention getting underway officially starting tomorrow. And as we have uh, youth and uh, adults traveling to Indianapolis, travel safely, won't you? Again, I don't think the roads are too bad, but uh, again, you never know. So you got snow out there. Be careful. I don't know how far south. I don't know if it goes all the way down to southern Wisconsin, but I know in our area, it's kind of white out there this morning. And some of our finalists in uh, the National Proficiency Awards Wisconsin has six, which I'll tell you the truth, that's kind of a low number for Wisconsin. Wisconsin's usually, oh, 10, something like that, give or take. But again, we've got six, but they're good ones. Equine Science Placement, Madison Kwok, and Madison from the Menominee FFA chapter. And Landscape Management, Ethan Lulich from down at the Boston FFA is a finalist, so Good luck to uh, those young people. And uh, we've got all kinds of things. Uh, The only uh, FFA star finalist we have in Wisconsin is an American star in agribusiness finalist, and that's Joseph Pulver 
from down at the Randolph Cambia Friesland FFA. So, again, lots going on. We've got a lot of folks, as always, down at the FFA convention down there in Madison. And Northern Wisconsin State Fair, they're gearing up for their gala, an annual celebration for its open to the public, which includes a time to meet other fair supporters, a dinner buffet, and uh, the fairest of the fair competition. This year, it's going to be held on November 4th at the Lafayette Town Hall in Chippewa Falls. I was kind of surprised to see that. I thought with all the the new buildings and everything going up up there, they'd have it right at the fairgrounds, but not going to happen. November 4th at the Lafayette Town... Maybe maybe they figured the floors were too slippery. They couldn't dance up there in some of those buildings. But again, uh, the fairest of the fair for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, November 4th at the uh, Lafayette Town Hall. And uh, they didn't give us the time here, but uh, hopefully we'll get that and find out what time that will be at... Uh, for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, yeah. As I look over this uh, announcement, I don't see the uh, don't see the times of when the big celebration will be at the Lafayette Town Hall on November fourth, and that's a Saturday night. So again, big celebration in Chippewa Falls for the fairest of the fair competition. All right, we'll talk about that some more and remind you of that uh, FFA. We had a chance over the weekend. An Illinois farmer was up here, and I uh, caught him. And uh, we talked to him about his harvest and how his growing season was. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do that. It's a busy morning here at WAX. Keeping it rural. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's check our 13 first alert weather. If you looked out the window this morning, you know what I'm going to tell you. There's some snow falling, at least in many parts of our listening area, and kind of windy, too. So, again... Do be careful. It'll end later on this morning, but 37 the high today. So uh, not a real warm week, but it it will warm up from here. Down to 20 overnight. Uh, My plants are bonkers already. I forgot to bring them in, so they're gone. Wednesday, tomorrow, just partly cloudy high, about 38, then 24. Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Thursday, 41, partly cloudy. Friday, 43, with a chance of precipitation. Um, so yeah, I don't think the snow is going to last long. 45 on Saturday, 44 on Sunday, partly cloudy. Right now, uh, it's about 30 degrees out there. And we're looking again for a high about 37. It's snowing out there in many parts of our listening area this morning, so be a little bit careful. Also kind of windy, too, so... Uh, Again, combination can make it a little bit tricky. I think the heaviest snow is over in the western side of the state, over towards uh, Pierce, St. Croix County. But uh, I think everybody in the listening area is going to see some before it's over. But it will end. And, and kind of windy today, too, as we said. So be careful. Down to 20 tonight. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 38. 41 on Thursday. Maybe some precipitation of some kind on Friday. The high will be 43, though. And then in the mid-40s, over Saturday and Sunday. So kind of a a cold Halloween. So bundle up the little ghosts and goblins, but get them out there. Let them have some fun. 31 in Rice Lake, Medford 27, Wausau and Marshfield 28, La Crosse 32, Green Bay 29, Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee. They're all at 32 degrees this morning. And right here, it's chilly. It's white. It's 30 degrees. And once again, markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Cash livestock as we start the week. Choice fed beef steers trading 173 to 185. The mixed steers 172 and down. Choice fed beef heifers 173 to 183. Mixed heifers 140 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers 180 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers 154 to 164. And the select and silage fed Holsteins 89 to 153. Cows trading 74 to 94, topping at 119. Bulls 90 to 125. And I uh, haven't got updated numbers yet on uh, any of the uh, hog trade yesterday or the sheep and lamb trade. But uh, as they trade during the week, we'll pass those numbers along. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures were higher yesterday. December live cattle closed 183.25, up a dollar two. February also up a dollar two at 183.97. April up 82 at 185.72. Feeder cattle for November, 
237.67, up 77. January up a dollar 17, closing at 236.87. March feeders 239.37, up 80. April 243.17, up 52. May 246.60, that was up 42 cents. Hogs were also higher. December lean hog carcass contract finished at uh, 71.17, and that was up 70. February 74.37, up 87. April hogs, 79.67, up 75. And May at 85.20, that was up 45. The Board of Trade, though, was down yesterday. Harvest progress, putting pressure on prices. Also, rain in South America as they're planting down there and welcoming some much-needed rain. Also, slow foreign sales. December corn this morning unchanged from yesterday's lower close, 478 a bushel. Oats down two at 402. December wheat down four overnight, 561. March soybeans down three to four cents, 1318. Barrel cheese down three and a quarter, $1.65. Blocks lost a cent and a half to 171 and a half. Butter up 10 and three quarters at 3.30 a pound. Class three for October was up a penny at 1686. November and December both down 11 cents. November 1729, December 1718. January down 14 at 1743. And February down nine at 1782. As we take a look at our early morning markets, again brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Almost 10 minutes after five o'clock. FFA convention in Indianapolis officially kicks off tomorrow, but our Jill Welkie is down there covering it all, and uh, she's got some advanced looks at it. Courtesy, our programs, Compere Financial, the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, and also Ag Country Farm Credit Services. We'll hear from Jill in a moment. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you've been involved in Wisconsin FFA for any number of years, you will recognize our executive director, Cheryl Zimmerman, but she also wears another hat, the executive secretary for the National FFA. Every year... At convention, and we're down here at convention in Indianapolis, Indiana, just getting amped up with some delegate stuff happening already. We always talk a little bit about goals and new things that are happening. Last year was the addition of the fifth and sixth graders into the FFA. This year, kind of what's going on? Well, the national organization is looking at different ways that we can actually get more students involved in FFA. Uh, we are looking at efforts in which every student that enrolls in agricultural education has the opportunity to be an FFA member. Um, currently, in some of our chapters, that students have to pay dues to be involved in the organization. Uh, but what we're looking at as an entire national organization is setting up a system of membership uh, where if you're an agricultural education student, you wouldn't have to pay extra fees to be part of FFA. We're currently actually working with some of our chapters already in that type of a setup uh, where, again, we pay uh, like a chapter fee uh, based on the number of students that are enrolled in their ad courses. So we're looking at this nationwide now as membership continues to grow. We are almost close to a million members nationwide. Uh, we have some states that have gone to this new model of membership 100%. Um, and so what we're looking at is we're looking at, you know, how can we help all states? to get to that point. And, and really the whole point of this is to get to the philosophy of where ag education started. And ag education is a three-circle model. We have our classroom where students begin their journey in all of this. We have the FFA, which is the leadership component. Um, and then we also have our supervised agricultural experiences, where it's our hands-on learning and those internships and those opportunities to gain hands-on learning um, in the agricultural industry. And so that's our real three-circle model. And so we're looking at ways that we can eliminate barriers for students so that they can be a part of all of those circles um, and be a part of ag education. Like the affiliations that we talk about in Wisconsin, does that bring around some of the possibilities for passing some talents that students have that the instructor doesn't always see? You know, what, what I've heard from those chapters that have gone to the affiliated membership structure and then eliminating that, well, you have to pay dues to be a part of the organization, is that students maybe that were kind of on the edge, 
that were like, well, do I get involved or don't? Now you basically come to my class as an ag education student and you have the opportunity to be an FFA member. And actually we have some of our state officers that even said if their chapters wouldn't have had this type of membership structure, they don't know that necessarily they would have discovered as much as what FFA offered them. And look where they're at now. They're at leadership roles on the state level. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just taking a look at how can we help more students, you know, be a part of FFA without having to pay that extra fee and then open up the opportunities. And, and we're not expecting that every student is going to do everything in the organization, but that's what's unique about FFA is there's something for everyone. And, it, you know, it might be applying for awards. It might be leadership roles. It might be doing local service projects in the community. Um, there's just so many things for our students today to be able to get involved in, and we're just trying to figure out ways to eliminate barriers and allow more students to, to belong to our organization. Always good to get those students involved, tap their talents is what I like to say. And that was Cheryl Zimmerman, Executive Secretary for National FFA. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Tuesday morning in Wax. Snow flying. I see the radar way down by Boston even getting a little bit of snow down that way. So, uh, again, it's uh, pretty good coverage. I don't think it's going to be a blizzard by any means, but uh, going out hunting this morning you should have a little ground cover, a little white on the ground, making those deer easier to see. And, again, Thanks to the folks at Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Citizen State Bank and Loyal, and Compere Financial, sponsoring Jill's reports all week long from the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis. we got more farm news to take a look at. Uh, some big companies are in the news. We'll talk about it next as we look at news on WAX. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And thank you to Ag Country because, again, every Saturday morning, Ag Country and Compere trade off, uh, sponsoring our FFA on the air. Hey, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear a conversation we had earlier out in the test plots. Short corn. Are you aware of short corn? What's going on? Yeah, not all this 12, 15 foot corn. But Sammy Brantner is an agronomist with uh, DeKalb Asgro, and uh, she's going to join us. We talked to her this summer, and uh, we're going to get an update on short corn with Sammy here in just a little bit. But at Bayer Ag, the company that owns and sells Roundup Herbicide, remember they got it when they bought out Monsanto, they'd been on a winning streak in the courts when it comes to the many lawsuits filed by people claiming they're working with Roundup was the reason they diagnosed with some form of cancer. But after nine straight wins in the courts, the tide has turned, and Bear has lost the last two cases that have been decided last Friday. A Philadelphia jury awarded a man from Philadelphia $175 million after his lawyers successfully argued that using Roundup was the reason he contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Earlier this month, a Missouri jury awarded another Roundup user $1.25 million in a separate case. Bayer officials say they will appeal both of those latest verdicts. And more money soon be coming to the country for commodity producers who were hit by 2022 natural disasters. Last Friday, USDA officials said $3 billion will soon be shared by commodity and specialty crop producers through the emergency relief program. The same application period for the money is now open, but it's not sure when the actual payments will go out from FSA offices. So again, the application period is open Call your uh, FSA office if you're wondering about some of that money through the, uh, again, the emergency relief program. Coming up, we're going to hear about short corn. Yeah, research is being done. We'll find out what it's all about and maybe, I don't know, when it's going to be here. How maybe you can use it. All coming up on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. American agriculture moves forward because of constant research in every area of agriculture, be it livestock, agronomy, or whatever. In the area of corn research, DeKalb Asgro has been studying short corn. Sammy Brantner is an agronomist with DeKalb Asgro for northern Wisconsin, and she said short corn apparently is getting some traction. 
because now we've got something to call it. You bet. I think one of the biggest changes is that we officially gave it a name. So you're now going to start hearing it called Presion Short Corn. And again, that's going to be coming through that DeKalb Ashgrove group as well. But yeah, Short Corn, it's, it's been really fun to play with. So last year when we talked, I had just two trials that I got to see the behind the scenes of. Um, this year, I was given five to play with. So I was able to stretch that across the northern half of the state uh, to just to get a really good feel with how short corn is going to fit in Wisconsin. Um, still testing a lot of short corn versus short corn too, right? So my trials are looking at different populations um, and how best it's going to fit for us. Now, the five places around northern Wisconsin, where are they? And, you know, we talk about 85, 90, 95 day corn. Is this all one one variety or is it going to be a variety of day length? Yep, so right now I'm getting to play with three different products. And when I say I have five trials, that's just for me in the north. I've got a counterpart to the south that also has additional trials that he's playing with. Um, as of today, we the earliest maturity that we're going to have is 103 day. Um, so I've got uh, plots ranging from Ellsworth area down to Galesville, Marshfield, over to Wyoiga. Um, so like I said, we, we really went across the northern half of the state looking at this. And the earliest will be that 103 day. Um, but like I said, just trying to get a feel for how it's going to fit best for us. Now you drive around the country this year and you think, oh, a lot of people are growing short corn, but that's strictly because of Mother Nature. But uh, give us the concept of what short corn is by being short. How tall will it get? And what's the difference in the structure of the stalk? Because we still obviously want to get that ear. That's right. So we are very intentional and are purposely shortening this plant. So our goal is to get this plant to be five to seven feet tall is all. Um, so why? Why do we want corn that's five to seven feet tall? Well, really, actually, I should probably start with how we shortened it. So when we're looking at our Presion short corn, we are shortening the inner nodes below the ear. Above the ear, it's just a regular corn plant. Um, but by shortening those inner nodes, uh, we left the sheaths the same length. So we made it shorter, so it's already more tolerable to high winds because it's shorter. It'd be like if a gust of wind came through, I might stand a little better than you would, just looking at our height difference, right? That's about where we are. You're, <laughs> you're about that five to seven. I'm closer to the seven. That's right. Um, so it's already a little more tolerable to the high winds because of it because of its height. Uh, but now those sheaths are wrapping around the stock that many more times, bringing in an extra standability and strength from that. So we go to these areas out west where there's high winds, southern Wisconsin where there's high winds, we are seeing a notable, noticeable improvement on standability. Um, but for us here, it also gives us the opportunity to get in later season with our fungicides or maybe some nitrogen applications. Because once our corn gets, you know, over seven feet, closer to 10, 12 feet, our ground rigs can't get over top of it anymore. And it gets a little tricky sometimes to get the fungicide applied when we've got some smaller fields. We don't always can get the, um, the, the helicopters to come in and spray for us. So it's gonna give us more access throughout the season to be able to get the nutrients um, and some of these other technologies on. And I know these trials are just beginning, basically. We got a ways to go for this is gonna get to the market. Is there a date for marketing this, or have we still got things we need, a lot of questions we need to answer, and every year we grow it, we've got more questions? Yep, so next growing season, we will have some commercially available. It's going to be a limited launch, is how we're looking at it, um, and really targeting on some specific acreages. But we'll have up to a 1,000 acres of short corn commercially sold um, in the 2024 growing season. So really excited. It seems like such a futuristic concept, um, but it's really coming in quickly. And, you know, right now we're playing with just that breeding trait, like I said, um, the breeding format where we're shortening those inner nodes from the ear down. In the future, we will have a biotech version that will shorten that internal length from the bottom to the very top. And that's when we're going to start seeing some earlier maturities coming into play as well for us. These one-eared varieties? One-eared varieties? Well, you never know. We're seeing a couple of ears on some of these. It just, it, corn is still corn at the end of the day. Okay. And uh, I guess looking at it around here, we're going more and more to straight grain, but we still have obviously a lot of milk cows, a lot of corn silage. What kind of benefit or you know if you don't have much stock you don't have that much corn silage how do you play that question so one aspect that i'm really looking at is the potential that this could be in the silage market so i said i had five trials just within my area uh, four of those are going to be looking at what this could bring to us from the silage front and that's the first question i get hey you just took you know, almost half the plants away, how can that tonnage be the same? Um, again, I'm only removing the stock. I have the exact same number of leaves and I'm lowering it below that ear. And that's where a lot of times we'll see that higher lignin, less digestibility mm -hmm. when it's lower. If we're getting rid of that, that opens up a lot of doors. So what I'm seeing is the quality levels are greatly improved over my traditional um, dual purpose product. 
and my tonnage is hanging in there. And by allowing to have this agronomic standability, I can now increase my population if need be to get even extra tonnage because I don't have to worry about those lodging concerns later in the year. With a shorter variety, I would think it would be easier for the sun to penetrate. Does that mean we can plant at higher populations? Um, when this corn is growing out of the ground, it looks like a regular corn plant until it reaches V10. So that's a little over hip high. So that sunlight isn't necessarily reaching the ground any more than it would on a traditional plant. However, originally when we were talking about shore corn way back in the day, it was to be planted at narrower rows, higher populations. Um, and that's really where we've pivoted in the last few years, knowing we can ask growers to, to change how they farm. So how is shore corn going to fit into today's marketplace and how we're farming today? So we definitely can increase our populations. Like I said, my trials, um, I'm comparing 32 is kind of my average population that I see in my territory. So I'm comparing that to 40,000. How does that change? Um, and it can definitely handle the higher populations. No questions asked. Sammy Brantner is with us, a northern Wisconsin agronomist for DeKalb Asgrow. Sammy, something else, uh, the recent field day you talked about is uh, rootworm. And you did a survey, you've done a survey, and pointed out uh, where surveys show rootworm is, uh, the northern and the western corn rootworm. Would you say it's a problem in our area? It's here, but is it a problem? I would say it's becoming more of a problem. Um, it's definitely here, and thank goodness for interns. Um, we've been able to send those out the last couple of seasons to trap the corn rootworm beetles, and that really gives us a setting point for what we could expect the following year. And based off of the traps that we sent last summer, we knew that our levels could be a little higher than in the past. And I'd say walking fields this year, there's still a lot of corn rootworm beetles out and about. Now, are we to the point where we're seeing lodging effects from the corn rootworm larva feeding? Not necessarily, but what we're seeing is every time that larva is feeding on that root, it's lowering how many or how much nutrients we can get into that plant. So although we're not necessarily seeing lodging effects, um, we could be seeing top end yield being taken off um, just from the feeding. And a lot of us are experiencing drought right now. So it takes even less feeding to see economic threshold from the test. So we definitely have it out and about, and we are definitely keeping an eye on where we're at and what sort of technologies that we need to be utilizing. And again, that's Sammy Brantner. We talked to her earlier this summer here at a, at a field day. You get out there and talk to so many people, but, uh, you know, that's what the conditions we were facing here before we got into harvest. So Sammy Brantner with DeKalb Asgro, an agronomist here in uh, northern Wisconsin. I think she calls her uh, her territory northern Wisconsin. But, uh, again, a sharp young lady from our area, and always fun to talk to uh, Sammy. It's fun when she's out in the field day and... She's got one of those little tents, you know, you go to different stations and she's got three or four guys with her and she's always in charge. <laughs> she's always in charge of uh, who gives what presentation. And so uh, Sammy Brantner with uh, DeKalb Asger with us this morning. All right, 29 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. It's kind of white out there. We'll check with Mike Dandry here in a little while. But we got to check on the markets, see how opening day of the week went. Yesterday, Rocky's going to join us. From over at Premier Livestock, over in the Withy country. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in uh, over in the Withy area. Because Rocky, we got to catch up with Rocky before he heads out the door. He's got his bow slung over his shoulder and <laughs> he's got the white stuff on the ground. That, that excites you, doesn't it? Well, I got I got stuff I got to take care of first before I get too excited. So, well, you got to you got to figure out your priorities here. I mean, you, I know, you know, know, how much snow That's you got on the ground? Just life. you have to figure your priorities. <laughs> out. That's right. Just a <laughs> just a little cover on the ground. Not much to bother anybody, is it? No, no. All right. Well, no. all right. Well, you guys got a big week coming up here, so uh, I better yeah. I better turn you loose. How'd day one go for the week? Yep, got to get to the priorities. Thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how yesterday, Monday's livestock auction shaped up. We sold 1,250 head yesterday. Uh, fed Holstein Steers Choice and Prime 150 to 164. Light test on the beef, uh, but up to 170. Uh, market cows steady, high yielding cows from a dollar to a dollar 24. Many from 78 to 99. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar five to a dollar 26. Uh, lower yielding lightweight bulls, dollar four and down. Organic Market cows sold every Monday, high yielding from 115 to 155. 
lower yielding 114 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from 200 to 420 per head. Your beef cross calves from 300 to 660. Holstein heifer calves up to $200 per head. Today, Tuesday, we get a regular feeder cattle auction. Uh, that gets underway at 11 o'clock a.m. We do have some bred beef cows today as well. Uh, nice run of feeder cattle. Then uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we get our dairy cattle auction. Uh, three complete herd dispersals of Holstein tie stall cows plus other consignments of top fresh cows and spring and heifers. Also, don't forget tomorrow, Wednesday, we do have our hay auction at 930. Extremely good demand. Uh, if you got hay to sell, we sell hay at each and every uh, Wednesday, and we take in uh, hay consignment six days a week. Uh, this week on Friday, like I said, we got our large farm machinery auction. That's going to get underway this Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. We do have three rings all, all day, uh, obviously on-site bidding, and then we have online bidding through Equipment Facts. So make sure you get pre-registered for that. Uh, we will uh, set sale order for that sale uh, today. Uh, note there's going to be ring one, ring two when you're looking online. You need to look through both rings to see which items you're interested in. Uh, what ring they're in. Full list of consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Like I said, keep in mind not all the items are online. Uh, lots and lots of offline items. Questions? Give us a call at Premier uh, 715-229-2500. And that's how things are shaping up, Bob. So, about how many tractors? What What's the variety of equipment you got sitting on the lot? Everything? You know, I was just ballparking and I should have got an exact count, but there's right around 40 tractors. 40 tractors? Yep. Wow. Yep, but we are. It's a little bit smaller sale than the yeah. last one, but still nice, nice lineup. All right. And you got what? Planters, tillage equipment, uh, feed wagons. Uh, what do you got? Green gravity boxes. What do you all got? You, you kind of named it. And then skidsters. Yep. And okay. Oh, you got skidsters, too. Okay. You bet. All right. Sounds good. Well, good luck on the hunt this morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. You think <laughs> the, bo- the, boss, weekend, is, the get... boss is and Kenny's not listening. Yeah, I got to I got to get done tonight. You got to go through. I got to take them kids trick or treating. Oh, that's right. That's right. You got to go beautiful downtown Lublin. That'll take you a while to get through all the neighborhoods in Lublin. It won't take that long. Then we'll head to Thorpe. <laughs> that's a good place to go. All right, Rocky, enjoy. We'll talk to you in the morning. You too, bye. There he goes. That's Rocky over there. And uh, Rocky, of course, at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. He's taking his kids trick or treating. Uh, you taking yours? I've got I got big bowls of candy at my house, so all you got to do is find me. We'll have the lights on and ready to go. Mike Dandria is over at 13 First Alert Weather this morning, also known as the Grinch who stole Halloween. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't order this. Oh, I know, but what last year was 50 or 60, and today it's going to be a little different. Yeah, a lot of it different with a pretty chilly start. And, well, of course, it's a winter-like start with the snow falling. I remember I remember when my kid was, uh, my oldest boy was about five years old. And that's got to be 30-some years ago. Went out trick-or-treating, and it was a pretty nice evening. And then all of a sudden, it started to mist. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it started to, by the time we got home, I think I had four or five inches of snow on the top of my stocking cap. It, uh, <laughs> but uh, and it looks like everybody pretty much across the state is, is getting some kind of uh, winter activity. Way down, I saw your radar down to Boston and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toma actually had some heavier rates of snow, too. But, uh, yeah, just to allude to your point, last year, our high temperature on Halloween was 64. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, we're only forecast to get in the mid to upper 30s for today. But these snow showers expect to taper off later on this morning. For some of us further south into the early afternoons when those will start to taper off. But we still have a breeze uh, this morning, which could blow around some of the snow. Just keep that in mind and plan accordingly on your drive out this morning. Otherwise, later on this evening, it is going to be a chilly one as we do clear out and winds start to relax a bit. Our low temperatures dipping to the low 20s and some mid to upper teens as well. Clouds then fill back in for tomorrow. Highs once again in the upper 30s leading to more sunshine on Thursday with highs in the low 40s, but then Friday more clouds roll back in and we'll have a chance at some rain heading our way. Low to mid 40s. Saturday, pretty much the same low to mid 40s. A very slight chance at some showers. Going into Sunday and Monday, that'll be the same story. Very slight chance at some showers with highs in the low 40s. Right now, though, we do have some of the snow in the area and a temperature of 29 degrees in Eau Claire and that wind chill, 18 degrees. Yeah, boy. All right, Mother Nature. Boy, what a, you know, that's what you say. 
Mm-hmm. You want to change the weather living in Wisconsin? 64 last year, about 34 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I always used to hear every time I would complain about the weather as a kid, well, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. That's right. It will change. That <laughs> yes. is for sure. Happy Halloween, Michael. Happy Halloween, Bob. You have a good one. All right. There he goes. Mike Dandry over at 13 First Alert Weather. On wax again, 29 degrees and some more of that snow still falling out there. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I'm not sure she's dressed as Snow White or Cinderella. Watch it. Or Cruella. Watch it. Watch it. (laughs) Didn't you see me put my broom out back? You know, I think the witches are going to be riding shovels today and not brooms, right? (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) In some places, they will be. Morgan McCarthy with us. You have uh, Halloween always uh, been a big deal for you when you were a kid growing up? Oh, I loved it. It was yeah. my favorite. And we lived in the country, so a lot of it was going around to houses. Yeah. You know, my parents and family, grandma's house, that kind of thing, more so than in town. But uh, yeah, I always love Halloween and seeing the little ones at the door, even if they are my nieces. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's always fun. All I hope dressed the, hope up. The kids, uh, in the, well, I know the kids will be fired up. I hope the parents say, ah, oh, it's too cold. We can't go. <laughs> Well, I can tell you what, I know as a mom, I'm going to be right along there with you. It's not so much that you won't go. It's trying to get the kids to wear their darn coat over their costume because they don't want to do that and cover up all the fun (laughs) stuff, right? That is true, but... (laughs) Halloween, enjoy it. What's going on? Well, you will need coats today, and the princesses, ghosts, goblins will definitely need a bundle up. That snow out there, by the way, on our commute in today did make it a little dicey on some of the northern parts, especially the interstate. As crews were out, we saw them getting to work, too. So if you're headed out, maybe just a little extra time and some coffee in the tumbler this morning. Be a little dicey, but should clear up uh, by the time the the daylight comes. As we look to some other headlines this morning, we are going to start in our state, and that includes updates from the court. As we begin right in the New Richmond area with a woman accused of stabbing her fiancé to death in August of last year, not going to trial. Mary and Catherine Smith pleaded guilty to reckless homicide charges. Prosecutors originally charged her with first-degree homicide as Smith told police that she and her fiancé had been arguing over a knife when he grabbed it and the knife plunged into his gut. Her plea means the less time behind bars. She's had to be sentenced in February. As we look to other headlines in the state, that includes one of the two men charged with a triple murder in La Crosse, cutting a deal with prosecutors. Kamathand Rackensack pleaded guilty yesterday to being a party to the crime of the first-degree intentional homicide. The deal means that Rackensack will face a mandatory 20 years in prison as opposed to a mandatory life sentence. Now, he did testify against the other suspect in the case, Naya Tao, but the case ended with a hung jury. Rackensack and Tao are accused of shooting and killing three men at a La Crosse-area rock quarry as part of a drug deal gone bad. As we look into some other headlines, when it comes to that state level, the Wisconsin governor says cleaning up the state's drinking water is one of his top priorities, but he's not sure about a plan from lawmakers to do that. Governor Evers saying in an interview last week that he's not sure he will sign the PFAS plan from the Republican-controlled legislature, saying the proposal doesn't hold anyone accountable and takes power away from the DNR. Republican lawmakers say they want to help homeowners and local communities clean up water. They're not interested in making it easier to sue big companies or punish anyone. And it does seem that Mother Nature has some tricks up her sleeve for our weather on this Halloween, but whether it's witches, black cats, or those jack-o'-lanterns out front, Halloween has a history, and we're turning pages back roughly 2,000 years. And that means if you have little trick-or-treaters today, you can celebrate them out asking for the treats. The ancient Celtic fire festival called Samhain marked the close of harvest and the initiation of the winter season. It was believed to be a time when the souls of the dead could return to the earth. Black cats became a symbol of the day because some believed that souls could inhabit their bodies. The broomstick used by witches is symbolic of the magical powers of women because it's employed in the cleansing of ritual places. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, and every once in a while, I think my mom used it to chase us out of the house, too, so that had magical powers that way. As we go back to the barn, sweeping and shoveling with Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax, 104.5. So, knowing you, you're, what do you get, uh... Alfalfa sprout suckers or cucumber balls or cauliflower trees? What are you giving away? I'm giving away life tips when the kids show up <laughs> at my drawer. We're going to get a nice little bit of life advice, and so I'll send I'm them on the way. I'm going to knock on your door. I want to get some of that. I need some of that Yeah, you're going to need a bigger bag to <laughs> trick-or-treat with, my friend. I guess so. Have a good one. <laughs> you too. Happy Halloween, All Bob. right. There she goes. That's Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Yeah, stop by her house if you can find it out in Boyceville. She'll have something special for you. 
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. Jerry Clark, Chippewa Don, Eau Claire County Crops and Soil Agent is with us. Coming down from the North Country in Tilden, how is the weather? It's coming down pretty good north of Chippewa Falls. And, is it? Uh, 53 North was... Yeah, roads are one lane. I mean, you can, oh, they are. You, you can pass, but be careful in that passing lane. All right. It's so coming down I pretty good. wasn't sure it was going to be like that. So, good update from uh, Jerry, as you always get from your county extension <laughs> agent. Good updates. Well, something that uh, Jerry's got coming up. Pesticide applicator training. I thought with some of the... I know how it used to be, so is it mm-hmm. a different... Yeah, just, it, it's early. I've got a couple of questions from some farmers about it as their certification is, is coming up or is, is expiring. And uh, the, these are always offered in the winter months, but I thought I'd just provide an update since it's snowing and there probably aren't many in the fields today. Um, the program is, is similar. In the past, you could get the, uh, the manual and all your training materials from your local county office. You need to order those through the online now or there's a yeah, form you guys mail. don't have the classes like you used to have well we can still offer the classes but um and there, so that uh each regional educators has selected a handful of locations uh to offer those so there will be in person um i think some of the new ways of doing it is there is um kind of a self-paced online training mm-hmm. so you can do that uh at your own computer uh that's free you just register for it and then, as you take the uh, take the training, you need to print the certificate at the end of the of the online training. Bring that into your local office and take the test. Uh, we still will be offering the local trainings. Uh, they're kind of limited, not as many as we we used to have. But each county should at least have one uh, one offering, if not more. Well, these are going to be after the first of the year. Yes, okay. uh, the first ones will start. I believe it'll be uh, around January. Twelfth, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, will be those first ones. Uh, in Chip, uh, the Chippewa Dunnell Claire areas, all of our in-person ones will be um, late January. Uh, actually, if, yeah, late January through the second week of March. So we'll have them kind of sprinkled in. Uh, right now, we're planning one in the Bloomer area, one in the Stanley area, one in Augusta, and two in Menominee. Okay. So in the past, you maybe had two, two, three, four in each county. Um, now there'll maybe be one to two, possibly, in each county. So who's going to teach with you? You used to have guys like you in every county, but now you're the man. So you're going to do all of them yourself, or no, you're going to have the, help? these will still be delivered uh, kind of through um, a, 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 a virtual session, so to speak. So, so we're going to be we, at a meeting, but watching the TV screen. Yeah, more or less. Okay. You know, in the past, we used to show uh, more of a video type of format, and yeah. then we'd have an interaction of questions. Uh, that'll still happen. It'll just be more centralized out of the, out of the Madison office. We'll be there more to make sure the technology's working. People have their books and administer the exam. So that's our role um, at, as each of the re- regional educators. I think it'll still be pretty good to have people in in the classroom, farmers in there, applicators. That's where you get the real learning yeah, on, on, on who's doing what and if there's been an issue with with some of their, you know, products and those kind of things or certain pests that we're dealing with, um, whether it's in, you know, fruit crops or field crops. It, uh, it's always good learning when you get a bunch of farmers together. Now, if we want to do it on our own, like you said, you can go in and online, download it, do it yourself. Can you do that anytime or you got to wait for after the first of the year for that too? Um, I think, right, yeah, I think you can, I don't know if they got that rolled out yet. Okay. Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, if you're really interested, you could go on the, in the, it's called the, the Pesticide Applicator Training Store. That's the place where you find mm-hmm. your materials and you need to order your manual before you can really do any of this. You need that manual. And then uh, the training part, you could take, I think, yeah, the virtually, I think you could take almost any time uh, once you get your manual. Now, this this good for how many years? Five years. It is still, it's still five yep, years. Yep, this, that part of it is still the same. And then we will take the... Uh, uh, the exam you can either there's even an online exam you can take, but that's about fifty dollars. So if you want to save yourself fifty dollars, come to your local extension office and take the exam, or come to one of these in-person trainings uh, that we have. But we saw last year several farmers did take the online uh, training part, and they would just set up an appointment mm-hmm. with an extension office, bring their certificate that they took the training, and then they could take the test. Well, that's a good deal. All right. Well, yesterday I was out driving around, and I was out. What, north of Chippewa, going up 178 around mm-hmm. the roundabout, and uh, 
the Johnson boys from Arrowhead Farms yep. were out there busy harvesting, and I, I stopped to talk to them because oh, yeah. I was watching the corn go into that box, and wow, a lot of it. So that field up there, every you know, and that part of it's an irrigated field up there. It's Rasmus' old place, yep. and uh, he said they were averaging two hundred and forty some mm-hmm. bushels an acre. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so there's these, some good corn out yeah, there. Yeah, these irrigated fields. Um, I got to. It ride. wasn't all irrigated, but they said on average now it was going to be. Yeah, because yeah. whether irrigated, I, I, they were two seventy five and better. Some of the non irrigated was. 180, something like that. Yeah, there was about, um, talking to a few farms that have irrigation, there was about a 100 bushel difference between where the water hit and where it didn't. Yeah. So you could just, you know, that that's the amount of impact that precipitation has on a field. So, so how slow is this going to be uh, getting the rest of the beans? Of course, this should freeze and kill the beans finally, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yep. uh, still at all, you don't want to be combining snow. Right, yeah. You know, it's going to take another week, I think, to get the snow out of here and then dry up enough to get in there. But yeah, you're right. There were some farms that had weed control issues that are yeah. still waiting for those weeds to kind of die off, yeah. dry up a little bit so they can get in there. Yeah, it's been a challenge. All yeah. right, Jared, thanks. All right, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. All right, it. he's heading back to the snow country, back to the tundra of Tilden that's snowing out there this morning. Hey, let's get to the market, see what happened over at, uh, down at Sparta yesterday. Hud Eamon's got the numbers. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Sears and Heifers 176 to 184. The Choice and Select Beef Sears and Heifers 165 to 175. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 160 to 178. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 157 to 163. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 146 to 156 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, the dollar to dollar forty-five. Cow market steady. Quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar ten. Highland slaughter dairy cows ninety-two to one hundred seven. Cutters and utilities seventy-six to ninety-one. With the low yielding and canner cows thirty to seventy-five cents. Organic market today. With the results from the October thirtieth sale, with the Highland organic slaughter cows one thirty to one fifty-six. Thin and small organic cows ninety to one twenty-nine. Organic steers and heifers one fifty to one seventy-five. Bull market steady. Most bulls bringing one hundred two to one seventeen. With a thin, full and bulls over 2,200 pounds discount at $1.01 and down. Calves sold by the pound today. With a steady market of the quality Holstein milk calves bringing 225 to 350. The quality Holstein heifer calves 75 to 150. Quality beef bulls 550 to 750. Quality beef heifers $5 to $7 with light and poor quality calves. 10 cents to a dollar per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, November 1st, starting at 10 a.m. with Fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut aiming at Equity Lives like in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Equity Stratford. Uh, Jerry Fitzgerald joins us in, uh, on his video telephone. You look good in your costume this morning, Jerry. <laughs> well, I don't need a costume for Halloween. <laughs> Scariest guy in the country. Yeah, but uh, anyway, you had mentioned you went to the to the uh, Packer game on Sunday. Are they going to uh, send you a refund check in the mail for your ticket? Or that's what I told the person I bought my tickets from after the game. I said I want a refund. <laughs> oh, no, it's a, I bet you that went over real well. Oh, oh yeah, it sure did, and I didn't get a refund either. That uh, that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a, was not a good performance. But still, you know, the thing it's scary, and I don't know if the Packer hierarchy looks at this I don't know how many thousands of Viking fans there were in that stadium these people yeah, well, selling their Packer tickets and Viking fans to snap them up and I don't blame them but man oh man that stadium was full of Vikings fans Oof, that's, uh, you better get the interest back in the Packers uh, Mr. Gutekunst we're going to be uh, not happy well, one thing about it, though, Minnesota money spends just as good as Wisconsin money. <laughs> that's right, and they spend a lot of it when they come to Green Bay, that's for sure. Well, how do we do on opening day over there at Stratford? We better tell the folks about that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market yesterday. A mostly steady trend on the cows uh, uh, from the last week or two. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows in yesterday's auction were selling from 97 up to 115. Most of the cows continue to sell between 70 and 96. That's the majority of your cows. These thin cows, light carcass cows, below 70. Bull trade, mostly steady also. Better quality bulls are at 103 to 118. Lighter bulls, 98 and below. Uh, most of the fed cattle will be sold tomorrow, so we give an update on those uh, later on in the week. Uh, 
Again, a pretty uh, pretty good, strong calf market. Uh, 92, 130 pound Holstein bull calves yesterday, 200 to 400. Fancy bull calves from 400 to a top of 450. Tougher calves mostly from 75 to 210. And beef calves continue to be very strong, 350 to 630, topping at 660 on the beef calves. And we're Tuesday here, the Getting underway this morning at 10 o'clock, hay and bedding auction. A part of that hay sale today, we do have round bales, a first crop, as part of the consignment there. If you folks are looking for some hay, it'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock will be the market auction today. We'll sell organic market cattle today along with the conventional cows. That will be again at 11. Tomorrow, uh, part of the sale tomorrow, feeder cattle auction is at 12.30, and we got a very nice lineup of feeder cattle, include that, including that complete uh, Herd dispersal of certified organic black Angus cattle. Uh, cows and heifers will be sold in that herd. We do also have other consignments of uh, black Angus steers and heifers. So if you folks uh, in the feeder cattle business, beef business, are a very good opportunity to buy some top-quality black Angus cattle. That will be tomorrow here in Stratford as we open up November 1st here uh, tomorrow. So, again, information on this sale on the website. Check that out, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you will be there. And... Uh, well, um, trick-or-treaters uh, that are stopping and planning on stopping here tonight uh, uh, come early because Grandma and Grandpa go to bed pretty early, you know, so. <laughs> uh, some of the trick-or-treaters you might get might show up about uh, 11, 12 o'clock. Well, the, well, the door's going to be locked, I'm sorry. So, or maybe I should just leave the candy outside That's somewhere. Right. I don't well, know. <laughs> leave the cooler out there, too. They probably prefer that. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Enjoy Halloween, Bob. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You bet. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford. And Mark is brought to you by the folks at Synergy Co-op. We didn't talk. We were so busy this morning. We didn't get to talk about the crop progress. But here in Wisconsin, we've got uh, 35% of the corn for grain harvested, 77% of the soybeans, and uh, not much going to get harvested today. But uh, we'll get a closer look at those numbers tomorrow. But uh, markets were lower yesterday. Harvest progress, uh, rain in South America, slow foreign sales, limiting market, and they were all down yesterday. Corn overnight unchanged, 478. The oats down 2 at 402. December wheat down 4 at 561. November beans down 3 to 4 at 1318. Meal for December down 90 cents a ton, $425.60. At some of our country elevators, over in Loyal, corn is 434. The beans 1201. In Arcadia, corn 434. Beans at 1211. Chippewa Falls, 423 on the corn. Soybeans 1214 at Connersville. Corn 428, beans at 1204. At Golden Plump in Arcadia, corn is 445 today. At Baldwin, 428, 1199. At uh, Fall Creek and Durand, corn 423, beans 1189. At Mondovi, corn 428, beans 1194. At Elmwood, 433 on the corn, 1199 on the beans. Osseo, 438 corn, 1199 on the soybeans. Elk Mound, corn is 423, beans 1219. At Sparta, 426 and 1195. At Ellsworth, 413 on the corn, 1179 on the beans. Ethanol plants today, Boyceville, 438. Stanley, 433. New Richmond grain facility, the corn is 428. Barrel cheese traded three and a quarter cents lower, dollar sixty-five. The blocks down a cent and a half at 171 and a half. Butter up. Ten and three quarter cents a pound to three thirty. October class three up a one at sixteen eighty six. Today will be the final trading day for October class three. November and December both down eleven. November seventeen twenty nine. December seventeen eighteen. January down fourteen. Seventeen forty three. February down nine at seventeen eighty two. Again, some snow out there. Be careful. Twenty nine right now. Some wind out there as well. About thirty seven is as good as it gets today. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.